from High Street to Terrace Road. Um, I believe it's still possible that we could, in theory, pass this motion and then leave it to the traffic uh, engineer as to the best form that should take uh, after the after the fact in, in an investigation. And I don't know if that's something that the traffic commission would be willing to consider uh, on this matter, but. I, I agree with you, uh, Jack. I mean, what we could do is, you know, approve it uh, subject to the uh, final recommendations of the traffic engineer. He can go out and survey it or and give us, uh, you know, the options uh, that we have uh, in that particular uh, area. And then now uh, we can uh, move forward with a more sensible decision. Okay. Uh, I don't see any hands up. Any other comments from the commissioners? And I believe, uh, Mr. Karens, you have a motion to uh, pass this uh, petition, correct? Yes, I do. All right. With a modification subject to final uh, recommendation of the traffic engineer. So uh, on the motion of 2021-02, Council Resolve 20-668, install Mox parking spaces on Governor's Avenue from High Street to Terrace Road, subject to the final recommendation of the traffic engineer. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? The ayes have it, 2021-02 is passed. 2021-03, uh, Main and South Street intersection, temporary improvements uh, for that intersection. Uh, I think what's best, I, I think there's probably a number of people who wanna talk and, and have a discussion on this. I think what's best is maybe if we have uh, Mr. Todd Blake, the traffic engineer, put out there uh, and on the screens what the proposal is first and then we can entertain questions from the commission and the general public on this. So uh, Todd, if you wanna um, take over and just show what the actual plan is uh, for this evening. Todd, you need me to show, uh, share your screen? Yeah, it's blocks right now. Okay, let me have that go up. <clears throat> there we go. All right. Okay, go ahead, Todd. Okay. Um... working can people see the screen and my cursor correct yes thanks all right um so this is such a very big important subject and really don't know where to begin besides showing the proposed option and then we could work maybe backwards from there if people have a lot of questions i understand um just briefly um everyone you know in the internally in the staff, police, myself, engineering, the community, we all know that this is a you know, high crash area um, and, and safety is of the utmost concern. Um, you know, and, and the city is working towards long-term improvements to you know, hopefully have a full signal system, which would provide safe uh, means of egress for all moves that are currently allowed there. But in the interim, until we get there, um, there have been a lot of um, concerns about potential 
you know, increases or, or, you know, having potential additional crashes that could possibly be avoided by doing something like what we're proposing. And there are many different options. Um, there's a menu of options that the state was involved in creating and going through. And, you know, not all the options are going to appease everybody, but please keep in mind that safety is the concern here versus everything else. So, so with that, with any traffic improvement like this or others that we're involved in, there are typically always pros and cons and always, you know, we have to weigh these options and, and weigh the different treatments and different benefits against each other. And in this particular case, the number one priority, at least in my mind, and I think Medford is safety. So please keep that in mind when we discuss this stuff. So on the screen, existing wise, you're allowed to come out of South Street or the eastbound off ramp from 16 and make any maneuver you want left through or right. And if you're coming from Medford Square, you can make a southbound straight maneuver or a left turn maneuver to the on-ramp to get to 16 eastbound or 93. Northbound, you can, there's two lanes and you can go straight or take a right onto the ramp. Um, so coming out of south, you could take the left towards Medford Square or right towards Mystic Ave or straight across to the ramp. Uh, but some of these movements, although they may be convenient to some, are somewhat redundant and available in other ways. So when we're when we're speaking about safety um, in this particular location, it's less about speeding and, and things of that nature. It's more about conflicts to be able to safely uh, perform certain maneuvers at, at your own discretion without the assistance of a green, yellow, red traffic signal. Um, so with the volume of vehicles on Main Street, it, it's challenging to cross safely um, with certain maneuvers. So, so the, the, the crash history indicates that the crash is a result of conflicts between vehicles that are opposing each other in different movements, say the Main Street, southbound or northbound movements with the movements coming from South Street. So short of putting a traffic signal in, which we are working towards long-term, the, the way to resolve those conflicts is to restrict them or not allow them. Um, so this is the approach we've taken, and it's a collective approach between the city and the state. Um, just to clarify, too, the state does own this intersection, although there's been some disagreement or, or, or mis miscommunication or confusion about that. The state does own the intersection of Maine at South and the Ramps. So any, pick any state road in the city of Medford, Fells Way West, Mystic Valley Parkway, Middlesex Ave, any road in Medford or other city where the state road intersects a city-owned road, the state typically owns the intersection, including Salem Street Rotary, Roosevelt Circle, many others. So um, so this, this particular proposal is to the Traffic Commission today, but that's really a local approval that then has to also be approved in some sense by the state because the state will be the ones that own it and implement it. So, but we all get affected by this, everyone in Medford and the state. So we're all trying to work together to try to come up with some solution that improves the existing situation, 
but we're not by any means saying it's perfect or that it's going to solve every problem. It's just a means to improve the safety issues that currently exist there until the long-term solution could be implemented. So, so with that said, th this solution or this proposal, not solution, this improvement and proposal includes basically it's, it's treatments that could be adjusted at some later date. And it's meant to be temporary in the sense that it buys time between existing and the long-term improvements. So in terms of the ability to change them, it's because it's being proposed with markings, signs, and treatments such as plastic drums or plastic jersey barriers or some type of treatment that may or may not be exactly what I just said, but some type of treatment like that that's t more temporary in nature than granite curb or asphalt or things of construction related elements. So it allows the city and the state to implement something a little more quickly and a little more cost effectively and also allows for adjustment if needed. Um, and this option that is being proposed is actually a compromised solution based on feedback the city did here. So there, over the past, I would say, year or two, there have been a lot of options thrown out there and some well-received, or most not received well, including potentially changing the direction of South Street one way and things like that. Um, there was another option that's a more drastic option that in my professional opinion would be the best improvement to improve the safety would be to you know, short of the long-term solution with the traffic signal that would operate, would be to block the median off entirely, which would create a right turn only from South Street, because that would eliminate the conflicts with the left turns out of South Street and the straight across maneuvers, as well as the left turns from Main Street. So there are three conflicting movements that we're really concerned with, the left turn from South, the straight across from South, and the left turn from Main, Southbound. So uh, blocking the median would block all of those things, thereby reducing all three of those conflicts that the southbound traffic has with Main Street. The only movement left would be a right turn from south to Main, which would be less of a conflicting movement in traffic terms. So, but hearing concerns about the limitations of access, especially to Medford Square and especially for businesses and the like, you know, we looked at it again with fresh set of eyes with the state and came up with this revised option to allow the left turns from south to Medford Square, realizing that there's not many options for people coming from the west to get to Medford Square off of Route 16 because there's restrictions at Winthrop Street and at other streets, Auburn, of taking a left turn. So this is really one of the only options. Whereas in the other directions, South, the southbound left on Main Street, there are other options for that maneuver. So this maneuver here with the cursor, so we'd change that to a straight through because the left here, you could take a left from Medford Square onto Clippership Drive to get to the same, many of the same things. The Salem Street Rotary would provide access to I-93, for instance. So from Forest and from High, you could use either Riverside or Clippership to get that way. Or if you somehow miss those, you could continue on straight down to Main Street, go to Mystic Ave and get I-93 that way as well. 
So for the street across maneuver, even though this blocks that and it's convenient to some, it's really redundant with the bridge up above that goes across Main Street. So if you're already on Winthrop Street or Route 16 at Winthrop Street, you should be using Route 16, not necessarily South Street to go straight across to get to I-93 or points you know, beyond this, this intersection that would use the eastbound on-ramp. So it, there are other options. They may be somewhat less convenient, especially for the local folks. This, this will most likely impact the local streets off South Street the most in terms of convenience and access. But that comes as a trade-off with improved safety. And also it comes with the trade-off of potentially reducing the volume on South Street getting folks that used to do that to stay on Route 16 and not use South Street. So, so to get back to this drawing itself, it would involve blocking off the straight lane, the straight through lane on South Street. It would remain the left lane and right lane would remain. The, the, the treatments in the center of the road, let's call them traffic drums for now, would be placed in such a way that they would extend the island, not to close it off entirely, but extend it two thirds of the way across to allow that left turn access to Medford Square. So the, the drums in the triangle piece kind of opposite the corner of the new police station, those are in place so that someone that uses the left turn from south doesn't become tempted to, to try to drive around the barriers to still use that on-ramp. So, so that triangle was a secondary physical and visual impediment to people trying to still do the incorrect maneuvers that we don't want them to do. Um, the other addition to this one that was a modification based on you know, some, some good, um, good constructive feedback was to make the northbound directional Main Street one lane straight across and one lane right turn only in front of the police station. Um, the volumes support that because that right turn is pretty heavy, whereas in the southbound direction, the volume is heavier and, and doesn't necessarily support um, one lane southbound. But northbound, coming from Mystic Ave and the Main Street intersection, there's really only one lane from Mystic Ave and one lane from Main Street. So you'd never really get to a two-lane improvement anyway. So so the right turn doesn't really detract much. And what that affords us to do is we could shift the straight northbound maneuver in front of the police station to align with the rightmost travel lane under the bridge. That creates a left turn pocket for the lefts from south to not have to worry about waiting for a gap in that northbound traffic. They can make a left turn, get into the left lane under the bridge, and then at some point under the bridge or beyond, switch lanes if they have to switch over to the right. Um, so this so so this proposal instead of the left turn having to cross two southbound lanes and a northbound lane, it eliminates the need to cross the northbound lane and they just do a normal lane change under the bridge or beyond. And the straight through maneuver that used to have to look for four travel lanes to cross at once, much like the video game Frogger, it was challenging for any driver to expect any driver to correctly look for a safe gap between vehicles in four lanes at once to cross. So, so it really was setting drivers up to fail to cross that without a green light to do so. So, you know, they'll be able to do that maneuver up above on route 16. Um, and then the right, 
bone, the right turn maneuver from south, that doesn't need to uh, conflict with anything. It just, you know, stop. And then when it's safe to proceed in that right southbound maneuver, if there's a gap in that main street traffic, you could proceed. Um, you know, so, so we do feel like engineering, uh, Metro PD, if they want to chime in, we do feel like this is a good compromise to improve safety as compared to existing conditions, not as compared to a traffic signal, but as compared to existing conditions, this is a way to control some of the conflicts with, you know, to improve safety, being sensitive to access to Medford Square. Um, the, the common question that I've already responded to through email is that, can't we just turn the traffic signal on? No, that is not an option. That at, at a meeting of the committee to hold with the transportation subcommittee city council, I think maybe a year and a half ago, this, I was there and the master district four was there and we all confirmed that that traffic signal is inoperable. It's too old. It's not, it, it's, it's not capable to just, first of all, you can't just switch a flashing signal to green, yellow, red operation. It's not that simple. But even if that were the case, this, this equipment here is beyond its useful life. It, it, is, it is a surprise that it's still there, to be honest. Um, so even though the poles are there and the lights are flashing yellow, red, it took a monumental effort just to get that to work the past so many years since the Craddock Bridge. Um, if, if someone opened the cabinet, there's really nothing inside. It's, it's completely gone. It's, so, so I just want to be very clear that we can't just turn the signal on and make it green, yellow, red. That is not an option. We are working towards that long-term option, but until then, you know, we've been tasked with trying to come up with an option to make this safer. Um, and this is the option that we're proposing to the traffic commission. Hey, Todd, thank you uh, very much. It's not easy to sort of explain that, but uh, there's many on this uh, meeting tonight that have been dealing with this uh, issue of South Street for some time, my, myself included. And last year, we, we've all, I think, come to the conclusion that the ultimate solution to this is an active traffic signal light at an intersection. And since last year, we've made great strides with the state, with um, MassDOT, DCR, to uh, come up and support that concept and to push for a final solution. We're estimating that could take three years. Wow. So these solutions that we're offering today is a compromise, uh, temporary compromise, and it's the best solution that we can come up with. When I say we, it's not just the city of Medford. And I, I believe Todd mentioned it earlier. This is a state intersection. They have absolute control over this intersection, um, but we certainly have uh, a strong interest and how that intersection is controlled and run because it impacts our uh, residents and uh, the people who come to the city to uh, work and, and travel. So putting our heads together over the last several months, knowing that we're facing a little bit of a time frame here, we were lucky enough over the past summer to have South Street closed uh, because of the construction. Now, when I say lucky enough, I just mean it relieved the intersection. It wasn't necessarily lucky for the neighbors, but, um, and uh, unfortunately COVID has kept the traffic down, but I project that very shortly traffic is every day, it's steadily increasing. And we wanna have a plan in place before it gets back to normal levels. And um, I, after reviewing this, after talking with the state, after talking with the state police, even I believe that this is the best sort of temporary solution that we have for this 
uh, project. And um, the most dangerous maneuver here, as, as Todd has already explained, is going from South Street to the 93 on-ramp. It is a four-lane Frogger maneuver, uh, and it, it's dangerous, and that's where the majority of our uh, motor vehicle crashes come from. And so I'm going to open it up to the commissioners to see if any commissioners have any comments or questions. But we do have, uh, I ask that the commissioners be brief because we have uh, at least four hands that I can see uh, from the public that want to talk. And I think they deserve to have their comments heard. So any of the commissioners like to speak to this issue now? I would. This is Alicia Hunt, I'm the community development director. Um, I want to thank you for this solution. I am very interested to hear what residents have to say. Um, in earlier meetings, I was very opposed to solutions that did not allow the left turn into Medford Square, although I personally am very nervous about ever making that left turn. I really see that as important for the business district and the solution where there can be a, a lane, a place for people to turn into. I, I'm hopeful that that will make it safer. I had never envisioned that myself. So I was very pleased to see that on the solution put before us. Um, and I'll just leave my remarks there as we hear the residents about this. Uh, thank you, Alicia. Any other commissioner with a comment before I move to the public uh, questions and comments? Uh, Sergeant Hartner, could you open this up to the uh, public? Uh, you have access to it. <laughs> um, I think uh, what I'll do first to make it uh, a little bit quicker is that uh, uh, just a couple questions on the chat side. Um, uh, so uh, I think Emily Stein, had a, uh, who owns the on-ramp heading east from Main Street towards 93 and 16 East, uh, that's Emily, that's going to be the uh, the state they own that ramp on-ramp. As far as affecting the ability for police vehicles uh, parked on Main Street to access southbound Main Street, I think we can adjust to that. Chief, I don't know if you have anything further on that, uh, if they block it off. Uh, well, I'll comment very quickly on that. The, the maneuver that almost all Metro police officers, unless there's an extreme emergency, would be to exit the police station on the Union Street side for anything southbound. And we've been doing that for many, many years. Um, it is sometimes necessary, but at this point in time, with all safety precautions, they can move up to the next intersection and uh, do what they need to do. It will not impact our response times at all. Could the uh, speed limit on this section of Main Street be slowed down? Uh, that would be obviously have to be something before this commit commission, but um, obviously that's uh, something that the, the commission doesn't necessarily have the regulatory authority to do that would have to go through the Massachusetts Department of Transportation, which actually does have the authority uh, on speed limits. Um, and there's a, sorry, go ahead, Steve. Sergeant, just as, as Chief of Police, as opposed to Traffic Commission, I can't tell you that we can and will uh, do additional enforcement in this area, especially since this is going to be up and running for a trial period. But that doesn't just go for Main Street, it's going to extend up to South Street because we really, I mean, we're talking about the intersection today, but we still recognize that we have to address the issues of speed and traffic coming measures on South Street. So that's not being ignored to, to that level. But as, as a speaking as a chief of police, as opposed to the traffic commission, uh, that will be put in place where we can do some enforcement to control speed out there. 
I think, you know, if uh, we'll get to maybe the questions later, I just want to get to the people that uh, want to raise their hands. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to start with uh, Pat Hansen. Mr. Hanson, you're on the mic. How you doing? Um, what I what I'm proposing is why not put a stop sign, stop signs in front of the police station on the northbound side to limit the traffic flowing across the second intersection for the cars coming out of South. I mean that would that would give the cars on South Street the break to get across the street, just like the cars that are trying to turn right and left. I mean I live on Toro Avenue, and getting out of here is you know you got to go around the world now to get up over with the construction. The last all summer has been that way, uh, and it's made the time to get to work and everywhere else a little more difficult. But the construction is one thing, but the intersection, if you break the traffic flow on the northbound side in front of the police station, you'll have the break for the cars to get all the way across the street, as well as the pedestrians that have been trying to cross the road. Uh, Mr. Hanson, thank you uh, for the question. I, I do know, in one sense, that that's what the, we're trying to accomplish with the traffic lights, but there's more... Uh, a stop sign in one sense stops that northbound lane of traffic, but it doesn't give a, uh, it's a temporary stop and it doesn't give clear direction for the opposing traffics. But I really think this is a question for the traffic engineer to, uh, to comment on because it's his sort of specialty as to where stop signs go and traffic lights. But the solution absolutely is a, a full working set of traffic lights, which can control left, right, and, and center movements. Um, but uh, the stop sign in and of itself isn't going to necessarily, in my opinion, but let's hear from the uh, traffic engineer, um, going to resolve all of the, the maneuver of crossing four ways um, from south to the 93 on ramp. Todd, do you have a uh, uh, comment on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a good question. It's a, it's a reasonable question. Um, stop sign, I, I don't think, it's really advisable the right treatment here. And, and, and again, the state would have to weigh in on that. And I don't, I believe based on my experience with them that they wouldn't, you know, agree with that either. I mean, it's a state numbered route. It's a heavily traveled route. Stop signs. We get this a lot in the traffic commission for stop signs. And you didn't necessarily say this, sir, but others say to control speeding. Um, and they're not meant for that. They're explicitly not meant for that. They're really meant to control areas where, two streets of somewhat equal volume are, are intersecting and it's unclear to drivers who has the right of way and who doesn't. But in this case, Main Street has the overwhelming um, priority in terms of volume versus South Street. So, so with the traffic signal, you can control the, the amount of green light for the major street and the side street. With stop signs, it renders them basically equal to each other. And then that could cause uh, residual impacts further up and downstream. So, I, you know, not only do, I'm just basing my experience on based on what, when we collaborate with the state over the past, you know, year plus on, on options, that was not one of the options that the state threw out in terms of, um, you know, doing stop sign on Maine in, in, in any fashion. Um, 
again, it doesn't mean that it's not a valid or appropriate question to ask. It's, um, I just don't think it's viable in this case. Um, and, and I think based on my experience, I don't think the state would either. Um, because again, I, it renders the two intersections equal or the two streets when Main Street is a state number is clearly much higher volumes than South Street. And a lot of the maneuvers that people are trying to preserve on South, as I said, they're somewhat redundant. So people use South Street as a queue jump of Route 16. So people traveling west to east in this area have High Street, Route 16, or South Street. And South Street is the one they should be using the least out of those three options. Um, so on Winter Street or Route 16, they see a backup on Route 16 near Con and Shell area, that block, and they decide to use South Street instead to queue jump any traffic on Route 16 to, to kind of not wait as long on the major roads when, you know, they really, really this is an opportunity, all, you know, South Street, as an indicator, I mean, I have other slides that I could show about volumes and different things, but just off the top, South Street had about 6,500 vehicles a day from the CTPS study in 2018. And the ramp coming off 16 had about 1,500 vehicles a day. So South Street was being used as much more major road than it, you know, it definitely is more than a local road, but it's not necessarily an arterial road. So, um, yeah, Main Street is, is the major move here, not South Street. And the maneuvers going across could be done in other ways, for instance, the bridge over Main Street. So, um, Thank you, Todd. And very quickly, I'm just going to add, Mr. Henson, that um, this is uh, what we're considering a temporary um, solution until the final solution, but it's also going to have a trial period. And, and that means it's a commitment from everyone involved, uh, not just the Medford Police and the City of Medford and the traffic, but also the state to monitor this on a daily, uh, daily, weekly, monthly basis. And I think very clearly, if something like this gets brought up, that the engineers who, this is their specialty, um, uh, think that a stop sign or something else could be put in there, we will modify this as we move forward. Uh, Sergeant Hartnett, let's hear from someone, uh, other one. Uh, so uh, one thing I just want to ask the audience, uh, if, if uh, you have a phone, a computer next to you, if you could uh, keep the phone away when, you're, when you are speaking to cut down on feedback. Uh, the next person I have up is, I apologize, I can't see the actual name, but it's Marv Medford. I'm going to unmute you. Mary. Oh, is it Mary? Sorry, it's, it's a visa. It's actually Marv, and that's, I'm sorry about that. It's because um, I have a, a Zoom identity and it always picks that up. Um, but this is Susan Altman and I live at the other end of South Street. And so I'm really familiar with this intersection too. And this, this looks like a really thoughtful plan in a lot of ways. I'm still quite worried about two things. One is that the left turn from South Street onto Main Street going toward Medford Square is, it's, it's not as much chicken as going straight across because there's only one, one or at this point, one lane of traffic that you could get hit by, but the traffic coming out of Medford Square goes very fast and does not want to slow down at all. So um, I feel like if there's anything that can be done from Medford Square, um, to slow people down, maybe a speed table, maybe one of those mobile um, signs that says speed limit in this area, you know, speed limit 15 miles an hour, um, something 
that you can you actually have jurisdiction over that you could do temporarily to see as part of you know maybe as part of your um, test to see does it work better with or without that kind of thing. Um, and the other thing that I'm wondering about is pedestrian traffic crossing um, on Main Street on the south side of Main Street. Um, that that I I don't know very many people who will dare to cross there because it's so dangerous. Um, and it won't help at all coming out of Medford Square um, the way you have it arranged. So those are those are my two biggest concerns about this still. But um, and and there's one other possible thing that you've probably already considered, which is a lot of people who will not be able to go straight across and want to get onto 93 will make a right and then try and make a U-turn immediately. And I don't know how much trouble that will cause. So that's that's all I had to say. Thank you. Susan, thank you for the comments uh, as usual. Uh, I, I do um, offer to you that with this plan comes a significant uh, commitment by the Memphis Police Department to, to uh, uh, put enforcement out there. Um, if, if need be, uh, advisory signs can be put up there. And uh, that's one of the reasons we want to act uh, now before traffic picks up because it's with less traffic out there there's it's more it becomes more of a learned experience and we can um, uh, get everyone who are residents in the city used to what the change is and yes we certainly recognize that uh, losing uh, the direct access to 93 north by going straight across is um, puts a, a, a strain on making you go one left or right but you know, we've timed it out and, and we believe for the uh, for the public safety and the interest of public safety that that minor commitment is worth it in the temporary phase. But I'll repeat again, this is a trial period. We're going to be monitoring this and we're going to be paying attention to it. Um, and the best engineering minds in both uh, Medford and the state believe that this can work. And so we want to go forward and try for it. So Susan, thank you very, very much for the comments. Uh, Sergeant Hotnet, uh, anyone else? Chief, we have uh, Mr. Jeff Buxbaum. Uh, I'm going to unmute you. Chief, briefly before, I just wanted to um, add to what you just said. We did think about that potential U-turn, and that was actually, we thought it would be more so if we blocked the entire median off and made everyone turn right. We are aware of that. Um, but with any traffic change in the course of my 23-plus year experience in you know, now multiple cities, for consultants doing, you know, work in other cities for state projects and other things. Whenever we change traffic patterns, I do request patience from folks because the initial reaction, the first few days after, or even a week, usually this stuff takes two weeks to two months to reach equilibrium about uh, regarding the new patterns. And we have taken steps that people don't see um, like adding signage, route guide signage on Winthrop Street to direct people to stay on Winthrop Street and take a right on 16 instead of taking the right on South Street. So backstream on the other end of South Street, we're doing things to try to keep people from Winthrop Circle from going across and using South Street. We, we're, we have guide signage, we're asking DCR to add guide signage to get everyone in the vicinity of Winthrop in 16 and Winthrop in South to get directed to stay on 16 before they even get to the choice of making a left or right. Um, 
So hopefully that helps add to the conversation, but um, some of those signs are up now. I, I don't know if you've noticed at the corner of South and Lincoln. Could I say something? Can you hear me? Sure. Yes, Emory, go ahead. If you want to force people to take 16 to get on to 93, that section where they have that public farming area and then across is the ballpark, mm -hmm. would you restrict parking there? Because one car parked where the, the farming area is throws everybody off. So would you do no parking? It's a good point. There shouldn't be any parking on that stretch of 16 at all outside the parking lot in the Conan Shell area. Um, so we could work with the state, hopefully, to achieve on enforcement of that if that happens. Yeah, I believe she, she might be referring to Winthrop Street. Winthrop oh, Street, oh, yeah. On Winthrop, sorry. From on. south to 16. Over they the park place. on the sides there, and that causes a traffic jam because you're forcing the cars over. So would that be all eliminated so they could just flow? I mean, from my perspective, I would say we could look into that as another yeah. added piece to this because we also got to be sensitive to when the, you know, when COVID's not around and sports and ballparks teams are used. Yeah. So sometimes that parking gets utilized uh, when there's ball games or when the farming activities are happening. But right now, that's not so much with COVID. But um, right. But it is a very valid point to to maybe formalize that section to be more of a traffic free flow to 16. That's right. A, that's a very good point. I will say on the 16, this is a little off the subject that you said, but all this stuff intertwines and interrelates. There was a pedestrian, there's a pedestrian signal crossing 16 at the top of the main street ramps that used to go off every two minutes, no matter if someone pressed the button or not. And we worked with DCR to correct that situation to only come up when you press the button, which also helped alleviate some of the bottleneck on 16. So we're tackling, tackling this from a bunch of different directions, but it all lends itself to the overall picture of improving safety. Emory, thank you. Um, and, and again, we will be monitoring that. And it's just one more item we can add to the list to, to pay attention to it and, uh, uh, as we move forward. Sergeant Hotnett, next. Jeff, I think, I, I think you're still unmuted. I am. Uh, thank you, Charlie. Um, and thank you, Todd, and everybody else that's been working on this uh, and wading into a really you know, gnarly situation. This is this is a tough one. Um, uh, I, I would say at the start that doing nothing should not be an option. So I'm glad that we're moving forward towards something. Um, but I have a first a question, and then I'd like to come back and make some comments. What what action is the traffic commission taking tonight or trying to take tonight? And then is there an opportunity for these plans to be modified before you take action? Are you going to be looking at modifications now? Or are you going to be studying them later? Or what's the process here? The process is, is the state has asked us, um, as we put this final plan together, and I agree, it, doing nothing is not an option. And with the best of heads thinking about this, they've come up with this option. The state has asked us to approve it uh, through the traffic commission uh, before they move forward on their end of things. And I think it's valuable on our end to do that so that we can get this public input rather than just having the state uh, implement something where we're, you know, we don't, we're getting a lot of good feedback here tonight. And I think there's a value to that. Um, but the question is, you know, as we move forward, is there a chance to change things? Again, 
I stress that this is for a trial period. And, but even if we put it in in day one and, you know, the engineers will be monitoring this. If there's a need for a change, there will be a change made because it's ultimately about public safety. Right. And, um, it, it takes some time, it takes some study, but we have a number of traffic engineers on this and, and looking at it. And uh, I'm willing to take any uh, suggestions as we move forward on this and how, how to uh, modify things. But I think we have to act in right now when you have, as, as chief of police, I have my own opinions, but when I have a handful of traffic engineers saying, this is the best option right now, we would like the city of Medford to give uh, through the traffic commission to give a nod of approval so that we can move forward. I think it's time to act in the interest of public safety. But that was a long answer to say, yes, there's time to modify and change things as we move forward because it's going to be fluid. And, and, and um, I know the city and our residents pay attention and they know what impacts them and they know what's good and what's bad. And so uh, we're wide open to listening. Uh, okay, and great, thank you. Right. Thanks for that answer. So with that said, um, I would really like to see pedestrian access across all the crosswalks taken into account in Todd's presentation. I didn't hear the word pedestrian once. And, and as Alicia said, you know, it's, or, so, or someone said it, it's crossing main street at that location is just, it is for playing Frogger and people don't see you, people don't stop. And we, we, I would love to see what specifically is being done to, to accommodate the pedestrian movements. Um, just some initial thoughts. I mean, just some ways, to, thank you for putting the, uh, the illustration back up, Todd. Um, some way to shorten the crosswalk across Main Street. I don't know if in the short term you can put uh, the re rapid rectangular flashing beacons that gets people's attention that there's a crosswalk. Um, putting paddles in the center of, of the Main Street, you know, sort of where, where the Main Street crossing is south of South Street, just and and or some bright yellow pedestrian crossing signs to get people's attention to it, um, because what happens there is there's so much going on for the drivers that they just don't notice pedestrians. So we need something so that pedestrians get noticed. Um, and then on the northbound ramp, the, the northbound to eastbound ramp maneuver. I'm looking at that and people are just gonna fly around that corner and not even see that crosswalk. So some sort of mitigation to be able to see people in the crosswalk and know that people are there, I think will be important, either tightening the radius or putting up better signs. Um, uh, I think there's people, there are definitely people from the bike commission on, so I'll let them talk more about bikes, um, but being clear that bikes will be using the center lane or the left lane going northbound and having sharrows or some way to accommodate that, I think would be a good addition to this plan. And then my last thing is, is not about pedestrians, but on the west side, so on the Route 16 eastbound off-ramp where it hits South Street, and I'm seeing barrels in the middle, and will you be able to get from Route 16 eastbound off to Main Street South? It doesn't look like there's enough room to weave that or can you just turn left there so yeah jeff those are great points um and i'm glad you mentioned pedestrians and cyclists although when i was describing the improvements i did not mention them uh, as you and others know pedestrians and cyclists are very important to us and and um, i will highlight briefly that with the addition of the northbound maneuver shifting over a bit 
and the through maneuver on salt being blocked off, that offers the opportunity for, in the Main Street case, a wider refuge area for pedestrians in the middle so that they could cross two lanes at a time versus four and not get stuck in that very narrow median. Um, and then on the southbound approach, even though the drumstone extends through the crosswalk, that somewhat offers you know, a short refuge area where you're crossing one lane at a time, you have, a, you have some land in between for a potential refuge area and then cross another lane. Whereas right now you have to cross three lanes at once. Um, and I will point out there are drums blocking the crosswalk from the police station towards Medford Square, but that's not the case. Obviously would leave that open. Um, in terms of whether vehicles can make that maneuver, Jeff, that's a good point. Um, so this is just graphically showing what the idea and the concept is. Once it's implemented by the state, you know, they would make sure that, that you could make that maneuver. Right now, it's really not much different from what's out there today. If there are two cars in that middle lane uh, waiting to go straight across, then cars coming down from the ramp would go around those two cars into the right lane as is. So, um, it, you know, it's, we did add a recent addition. See, that this is where right off to the page to the left is a yield for South Street. That was a recent addition because even separate from this intersection, safety-wise, South Street and the ramp itself, there was no clear definition to who had the right-of-way. Neither of them had a yield sign at all. So we recently clarified that. So there's so many intricacies and moving parts to this individual little pieces to this, but pedestrians and cyclists are very important. Cyclist-wise, it may be difficult to see here, but the through maneuver in front of the police station, there's a dotted dash line that allows cyclists to get into the bike lane that's under the bridge there. So we preserve the bike lanes under the bridge exist, but they don't exist in the block in front of the police station. So they are currently essentially a shero, uh, shared use. So we're preserving access, entry, and exit from the bike lanes that are under. Uh, we can't necessarily solve or improve everything with this treatment. It's, so we're trying to preserve certain things for pedestrians and cyclists, not make it worse for them. But we not necessarily have the ability to solve every piece of every, uh, you know, like adding shiros or bike lanes elsewhere. We could always consider those at a later date as part of the bigger picture, the long term. Yep. Yeah, I do hope that we are we have the opportunity to improve it for pedestrians here. It sounds like you're thinking about it, and the stuff you mentioned sounds like it's in heading in the right direction. It would be really great if it could be explicit in the diagram so when MassDOT goes off to implement it, they're just like, well, you know, you didn't tell us. You know, um, if we can be really explicit with them about this, the, the pedestrian improvements, I would be I would be thankful about that. Jeff, thank you for the comments. I think it's really valuable. And uh, we will, I, I know at least myself and Todd will have a <laughs> to the uh, state engineers uh, directly related to uh, pedestrian and uh, bicyclist safety and those crossroads. <clears throat> so um, I don't uh, foresee major problems with that. Uh, Sergeant Hartnett, next. Yep, we got uh, uh, Ben Linville Engler. Unmute you and you are up, sir. Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, again, thanks to everyone who's been working on this. I definitely think it's a step in the right direction. My, my family and I typically try to avoid this intersection. Um, but similarly to one of the previous comments about the potential U-turn at the intersection south of this one on Main Street, I also think that there's concerns about uh, increased traffic flow and issues at the intersection one closer to Town Center on Main Street. 
currently if you're coming off of the 16 westbound and taking a left turn to go south on main street it's a similar four lane frogger maneuver as it's been called tonight uh, and i would expect with a 6500 car flow on south street now either being forced to take a right or a left that an increase on that left turn would be pretty significant so i would be really curious what the state or what you guys are considering about that intersection there where the 16 meets Main Street, just one intersection north. Um, so could, that's more of a comment. And then question would be, is this is a temporary kind of trial period, what are the success criteria? Is it just reduced number of accidents or are there other metrics that you're considering? Thanks. Uh, thanks for the comments. It's a certainly engineer uh, questions. Uh, Todd, do you want to um, uh, touch base on those um, real quickly? I know that it's probably gonna have to do with the- Sure. Um, there were some, improvements related to the westbound ramps a while back where we reduced after the crowded bridge project was done um, we work with the state to make sure that that westbound ramp was painted as a single lane versus two lane and to sign it as such to try to help uh, with the safety at that location when when some folks use it as two lanes one to either go straight or left and as well as one to go right um, which then they block each other's sight lines. Um, unfortunately, with the westbound off-ramps and on-ramps, we didn't have the opportunity to block off um, the median or double yellow in this case as much as we did here at this eastbound because of the um, left turns from Main Street northbound over. And, um, you know, it just didn't afford us with that same opportunity. But your, your point is well taken in terms of you know, being cognizant of these things and seeing how they interrelate to each other. In terms of the volume of the 6,500 per day, um, you know, that was back in 2018 prior to COVID and prior to Eversource work. It's much less right now. As Chief said, it may come back, but I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily make the calculation of transferring all maneuvers that used to go straight to become lefts now. Um, you know, it could also be that they don't, Again, the treatments that we, we take at the other end, at the Winter Street end, they could just not choose this to begin with as the route to Q jump Route 16 and stay on 16. There's, I, I believe there's just as much of an opportunity to have lower volumes on South Street after this, you know, is in place for a while and people learn new patterns. So, uh, you know, with, with traffic engineering, you know, people might estimate things, but we really, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. Traffic's like water; they'll find a new way. But I, I would, you know, I, I would strongly suggest that the the traffic wouldn't necessarily stay 6,500 after people learn new patterns. It might drop, which would be a benefit to those living on South Street that deal with that um, traffic. Um, hopefully, that answers your question. Uh, and thank you for the comments. Um, Yep. So we have uh, Bruce Kulik of the of Walk. I'm sorry, Bike Medford. Hi there. Thank you. Um, Hi, Bruce. Are quite. You can hear me, okay? Yep. Yep. Great. Um, I've actually got four uh, comments slash questions uh, that I wanted to make. So I'll try to take the ones that don't really re require response first, and then maybe we can talk about the ones later. Um, one idea that I had based on a comment that one of the previous citizens made regarding traffic coming out of Main Street from Medford Square, 
traveling quite fast. I, I'm aware of that as well, where the light turns green and people just start cooking and they go under the bridge and they come through that intersection quite fast. Um, not as a permanent solution, but as a temporary solution, would it be feasible to restrict that traffic to one lane, similar to what you're doing on the northbound side by restricting the through traffic to one lane um, as, you, as you come through under the bridge? I believe that would have the effect of slowing people down coming from Medford Square, which would mean that it's a little bit less of a dangerous maneuver uh, to make when making that left turn. Because now what's going to happen is instead of having Frogger across four lanes, you're going to have it across two because people will know that they don't need to worry about somebody coming on Main Street and therefore will make that left turn fairly aggressively, I think. And so if you were to take Main Street and reduce that to one lane, you would only have one lane to worry about and hopefully it would slow traffic. So that was the one comment. The second is uh, regarding blocking off the um, center lane as depicted in the concept and the concern about the congestion between the ramp and South Street. Um, I know that's really a mess right now where you really, if you're trying to make a left turn from South Street or you're trying to make a right turn off the ramp, uh, the, the amount of cross traffic is incredible. And it's very difficult to get through there either uh, in a motor vehicle or on a bicycle. Have we considered the possibility of temporarily, again, turning off the ramp from Route 16, um, which may or may not put that additional 1,500 cars onto South Street, but would allow for a little bit smoother flow uh, into the left and the right turn lanes. So uh, along that same line, I wanted to talk a bit about bicycle movements through the intersection. And in this case, I'm referring to cyclists who are reasonably comfortable operating in the street as opposed to those who wish to operate on the sidewalk, basically. And um, even at that, it's useful to have accommodations of space such as bike lanes and sharrows and that sort of thing. And so what I was hoping, Todd, we might be able to get into this is some sort of indication that cyclists are legally entitled to and will be making the maneuvers that are spelled out here, namely the left turn from South Street onto Main Street um, and into the that slip ramp, which most people will probably want to get out of pretty quickly. Um, so they're in kind of this awkward situation where they're now in the left lane with traffic coming up along to the right. So if there was a way of at least indicating uh, to all other traffic that cyclists are going to be merging from the left, for example, um, and so on, that would be, that would be uh, great. Um, regarding the Main Street northbound, where you now have a right turn lane onto the Route 16 ramp uh, eastbound, um, I do note that there is additional space there. I think it's currently parking, although um, most people parked in front of the old police station, so I'm not quite sure how that is going to work now. However, that does allow space for a bike lane to the left of the right turn only lane that would then connect to the existing northbound bike lane under the bridge. Uh, I'd like to know if you've considered that at all. Um, 
And let's see what else. I guess that's that's actually it. Uh, in general, I'd like to see uh, as much indication that bicycle traffic will be coming through this intersection uh, in the form of sharrows and signage um, to remind folks that uh, bicycles are entitled to make those maneuvers and therefore uh, they should expect that there will be from time to time cyclists uh, in that area. Bruce, uh, thank you for your comments. Uh, it, it, it's sort of well thought out and I'm going to let Todd speak quickly, but I just want to add to it again and repeat that we will be out there with some enforcements trying to make this area as uh, as safe as possible from the police department. Uh, as it relates to the off-ramps, we've had a long discussions for a long period of time now about shutting those off-ramps down. Both, uh, we had it shut down when we were doing the bridge work on, on, on one side and it seemed to be very successful. Um, the state has not, um, is reluctant to uh, move on that now and, it, and according to them procedurally, it's going to take some time to even move in that direction. And I think we need to act uh, quickly and long before we could even get approval to get those off-ramps uh, shut off. Uh, I want to add to you that uh, I am uh, a bicyclist uh, right uh, and sort of uh, enthusiast. I, I wholeheartedly believe that if we put more people on bikes, we wouldn't have a traffic problem on South Street. And so uh, we will do what we can to protect bicyclists, bicyclists and pedestrians uh, at, uh, alike uh, in this area. And lastly, the lane in front of the new police station that is still currently the bus stop we're working with the city council and training that training uh, off the bus stop that's in front of the police station to in front of the old police station and then sliding parking up there for public parking for uh, access to the police station. So I know I kind of quickly went through a lot of that, but I, I think Todd wants to add a few things to it also. Yeah, thanks, Chief. Thanks, Bruce, for your valuable comments. Um, yeah, I'll work backwards as, um, since the chief left off with the parking. Uh, yeah, it's my understanding that they'll be parking in front of the new police station. And when I measured it out, um, it does fit parking the right lane in the in the through lane. And then there's maybe about two to three feet uh, left over near the median, which kind of affords for that shift of the through lane northbound. So it doesn't seem to also accommodate bike lane at this time if the parking is, is, is um, moving forward. So, but Shiro's and sharing of the lane, definitely, as the chief said, I'm very supportive of that. And, you know, all people on this call and elsewhere should know that cyclists do have the right to be in travel lanes and, and uh, please be, you know, cognizant of that and respectful of that. Um, so in terms of the off-ramp situations, as the chief said, um, or alluded to, there were many, a menu of options, again, as I mentioned at the beginning with the state, and some of them were extreme of like closing this ramp, closing this street, you know, and, you know, all the options were on the table, but those options related to the ramps are much more involved in terms of process than our turn restrictions. So those were, you know, and, and there's other negatives about them in terms of, um, you know, what they can do or not do the pros and cons, but just in terms of process, the ramps get into a whole other level of, uh, especially if you're going to close them entirely. Um, that those yield signs that we added to South Street do actually help with the providing who has clarification of who has right of way between the off ramp and South Street to be able to for the off ramp coming from 16 to have the right of way over the South Street maneuver to get into that right lane or elsewhere. So 
So both the state and I agreed, and again, the state ultimately has the jurisdiction on that, um, that the off-ramp there has less distance and less, the sight lines aren't as good as the sight lines are for South Street and less distance to queue up, that it was, you know, it was desired that the ramp have priority over the South Street maneuver. So hopefully that will clear up any of the existing issues that occur at that merge, essentially, or that crisscrossing maneuvers of the traffic. In terms of um, the main street southbound being one lane, um, you know, we, we did consider that and we have been asked about that, but in terms of the volume of whether it supports that or not, it doesn't support it in the same way the northbound does. Um, and just so you know, like, just so everyone knows, so we got to look at things holistically too, not just this intersection. So if we carried that thought out of one lane southbound, besides the obvious potential backup into Medford Square, it has impacts further back into the square. So right now on Salem Street, they're double left turn in a right turn lane. So Salem Street's three lanes. One lane goes to either High or Forest Street, and the other two lanes go to Main Street Southbound. So if Main Street Southbound had one lane, you would not be advised by any traffic engineer to have two lanes on one side of the intersection turning into one lane on the other side. So then that could impact a lane on Salem Street as well. So, you know, whether whether there's merits to that or not, so then it would become a left lane, a through lane to High Street and a right lane to Forest Street because you wouldn't want two lefts coming on one side intersection entering into one lane on the opposite side. So essentially it would render that southbound right lane could become a right turn only onto the westbound on-ramp, but that would be very clearly indicated to Salem Street traffic, and it wouldn't necessarily, the volume doesn't necessarily support that shift, in, um, the proportional shift between the two lanes. Um, hopefully that helps with that, but the, the main reason is the short distance between the two intersections and the overwhelming volume that contributes from all three approaches in Medford Square, Salem, Forest, and High, all turn into the southbound maneuver. So there's never really a gap where no approach feeds that. So it, it would back up pretty quickly. Um, during the pandemic times, maybe that was something that, and, and when South Street was closed, maybe that was something that could be considered. But when the normal traffic's there, not really so much. Um, so that was the ramp, that was the bicycles, and that was the Main Street South. Did I miss anything, Bruce? I know I got to go back to criteria from the previous speaker. Someone asked about evaluation criteria. Safety is the number one criteria here. So the, the main reason why we're attempting to do any of these changes is to reduce the number of crashes. It's a top 200 crash location in the entire state. So whatever we're doing is with the intention to reduce crashes. So that is the main number one evaluating criteria for us and for the state. Um, Everything else should be considered and weighed and balanced accordingly, but the safety aspects are the number one priority. Uh, thank you. Uh, Bruce, I, I want to thank you, and uh, hopefully we, we got, you asked a lot, hopefully we got the majority of those uh, uh, questions answered. I want to throw it out to you and anyone else who's on the Bicycle Commission um, that uh, I think it's probably... Uh, the right thing to do if we work together and maybe come up with some sort of um, 
bicyclist safety campaign that we could put on the police website and uh, maybe some public service announcements around the same time that we work on this and uh, not just putting out, uh, you know, for motorists, but for bicyclist safety tips, everything else. We could, we could push that and, and propose that through the method, uh, um, promote that through the Metro Police website uh, and uh, social media, et cetera. So I'd ask uh, you and Jeff and anyone else who, who has an interest, if you want to work with me, try to start gathering that data up. Uh, we can get that done for you. Sort of a side note to all of that, but I think it's important. Why shouldn't we get that done as we uh, move forward on this this sort of project? So I offer that uh, separately uh, from this. And so uh, reach out to me on the web, uh, on my email, and uh, we'll, we'll get working on it. Right, Sergeant Hyde. Uh, Emery, do you have a question? Yeah. Was there ever any consideration about putting the light at the corner of the Craddock Bridge? When they were under construction, there was a light there, a working light to hold back the traffic coming from the square. And at that time, I was using South Street to get over to the McGlynn School, and it made a huge difference, just a, a few seconds to, to release South Street. So I was just wondering, was that ever a consideration to put that light back at that corner, like right past Carol's Diner? Uh, so, yeah, Chief, I, I know you want to go. No, go ahead, Todd. So it's a very good point, and a lot of people ask that same question. And uh, that temporary traffic signal was meant for construction purposes, and that left turn that it was accommodating is much less volume than the entire volume from South Street going left, straight, or right. Um, so that the number of seconds required would be much different. Um, and that, that only had to stop one direction, may not two, where south, you, in most cases, you'd be stopping two directions. Um, so it's a construction uh, element that was there that definitely provided a good relief valve. Yeah, where, it did. Um, it did provide some safety. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and even during the Central RA Tunnel Project construction over the years, there were temporary signals like that used, but they're, they're really not meant for an entire uh, intersection like south at Maine. Um, you know, they're really meant for very specific um, cases, and, and but it's a very valid point, and, and people do think of that. But uh, in terms yeah. of volume and time associated with it, it would be much different um, than this case. Right, Chief, I just, uh, we, we do have a lot of hands up. Chief, I just wanted to make sure we get to all of them. Yep, uh, next one we have is uh, Stephen Galeback. Mr. Galeback, I'm going to unmute you. Hi, my name's Steve Gelbach. I've lived on Toro Avenue with my family for 15 years. Hey, I appreciate everything you all have been doing on what's obviously a problem that's got to be solved, both for the city and especially our neighborhood, all the neighborhoods that really feed into South Street. Uh, I just have two comments and a question. Um, first comment, I want to support um, a couple of the comments about possible problems in this. Obviously, uh, it's great there's a trial period, so these problems can be ob uh, observed to see if they're real. Uh, the biggest one that I would encourage, uh, you know, ongoing monitoring of is you're going to have cars coming from South Street and cars coming south on Main Street that are forced past, obviously, the police station, and they're going to be looking for a way to get turned around. It's illegal to do it at the Emerson uh, Street gap in the median. So that puts them down there at the intersection uh, near the uh, in front of the fire station um, you know, 7-Eleven and the mobile station. And uh, obviously safety is the criterion for success in this. Uh, 
And I'd simply propose when you're counting up accidents, you got to count the ones at that intersection, which is complex already, and just see if you actually are improving. And I understand the need to do something, but you can you can get forced into a bad decision because, gosh, you got to do something. And I just remind everybody, first principle of medicine and first aid, you know, if you got a second chest wound, it's do no harm. If you got somebody, you know, with a possible broken back, it's do no harm. So we got a bad situation here. I absolutely agree with all of that. Let's just make sure that that trial period, you know, is a way we, we can really learn. Second comment is uh, I just can't understand with all the various options that the state has gone over with us, why an old traffic signal is a holdup. Mm -hmm. It's got to be possible to buy a new traffic signal. I mean, I just went online today and here I'm looking at trafficlights.com. You can buy a working traffic signal for 399 bucks. And, you know, if you want to get one that's a little bit more upscale than that, or maybe made in America instead of China, might cost a thousand or two. But unless you're getting it gold plated, we're talking single digit thousands and a controller can be bought for five hundred thirty nine dollars that you can put on an Android phone and hold it right there in the police station. And you'll be the first one to know if anything goes wrong and you can be the one who, can, who makes any changes. So I, I, I wanted to say in terms of my question, it's very encouraging to hear that this is a collective approach between city and state because a year ago when I attended a meeting, the big holdup was the state was simply non-responsive. So if we now know who they are, okay, it's one of the top 200 accident sites in the state. Obviously, if they do have people involved now, they know like we do, it's got to be solved. And so my question is, who is the responsible official in the state? What's his name and position? And who's our main contact? Because I think as citizens, we have as much right to talk to our state officials as we do to you. And you guys have been great, but uh, we won't, I, I won't put it on you that I'm calling them up, but I know I have a right to do that. And so I think I'm within my rights for everybody here to ask who's the responsible state official and who's the main most active day-to-day -day contact on this. So go ahead, Todd. I'll comment after. Um, yeah, I want to be very, as you mentioned, uh, Sir, you had a very good point about the collaboration and we we are thankful for that. And um, there's really multiple answers to the answer to your question about who at the state, because there's MassDOT Boston, who looks at things overall throughout the entire state. And then there's MassDOT District 4, who covers our region. And District 4 is responsible for maintenance and other things and, and reviewing everything in their district, but they work hand in hand with Boston in this case, um, you, you likely missed a city council meeting where a member of Mass Up Boston showed up and he, um, in this case, it was Mike Trapani, but he's not responsible for this intersection, I wanna make clear. He is, he is the person in Mass Up Boston that came about to help Medford uh, find a way forward for the long-term improvements to get the full signal that we all want. So that's one person who's helping Medford move forward to those very good improvements that we wanna see related to it being a top 200 crash location. You know, separate from that, we work with our partners at Mass Act District 4, and that's more in this case, it's, it's with our partners at District 4 um, to, to get through these, you know, this process of this interim condition 
to, to make it safer for all. Um, in terms of your points about safety and, and, and other turns that are going to be made, well, definitely, I think the chief has mentioned that several times we'll, we'll be cognizant and we don't want to cause, yeah, we don't want to push the problem down to another location or another neighborhood for that matter. So, um, you know, we, we, we are very cognizant of that, you know, if it happens, we'll, we'll deal with it. But, you know, there are many factors in play, as I said, with other improvements, trying to get people before they get to this location to make the decisions that they do, try to make them decisions back at Winter Street and 16, things like that. Um, Todd, I, uh, I just, sorry to cut you off, but I just, uh, I saw in the chat, we do have a representative here from Mass DOT, Michael, I apologize if I say your name wrong, Michael Trapania. And one more uh, thought to close the loop here and then, and then Mike. So in terms of cost of traffic signals, I assure you it's not a couple hundred dollars. That could be for just one signal head, what we call it, a signal head that holds a red, yellow, green in it, one rectangle that hangs from the signal. That the going rate, and I've said this at other public meetings in relation to other projects, in, in particular, Safe Routes of School West Medford project, where we had a public hearing with MassDOT, the going rate, I'm told by MassDOT, with all of their ongoing projects for a brand new traffic signal at a major intersection from scratch, like done all over brand new is a million dollars per intersection. So, so it's not, you know, it, that's why we're working with our partners on the long-term improvements in design at the same time, trying to, this is trying to, we're trying to address the safety improvements in the interim while we all work to those big picture long-term improvements that we all want. So, so we're just trying to, you know, get a improved safety in that interim case um, until we could all get to that, to that big ticket item. Uh, thanks, quick follow-up. Uh, just how do you spell Mike Trapini's name and what's the name of at least one of our partners there in uh, District 4? So, uh, sir, I... I... Mike, Michael Trapan, uh, he's, he's in the chat. His name's in the chat. Uh, if you want to check it out, um, I'll... Okay, that's great. Uh, I can unmute him at some point. If he raises his hand, I'll, I'll see if he has anything. He, he is listening. Um, yeah, Charlie, if I may, I just want to make sure that people, folks know that he's not necessarily the person that is responsible for safety, you know, operating this intersection. I just want to make that clear. He's actually one of the people that stepped forward and recognized the problem in Medford and is contributing to helping us work towards that long-term improvement. Um, okay, so the person responsible for safety is the second person whose name I'm asking for, right? Um, so District 4, uh, you know, I, I believe the head of District 4 is um, Mr. Paul Stedman of District 4 MassDOT. Um, so, but again, they're also partners of ours working towards solving these very important issues for Med. Um, and, and it's challenging for all of us in the city and the state level. Um, we'd like to do so much more for everyone and we're trying our best here. And, and, I, I, and I'm also saying that he is as well and the district is as well. We're all trying to move forward with this and improve. Mm -hmm. Hopefully people recognize that. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. Just one concluding comment is to encourage you to get an itemized quote for that million dollar traffic light so you'll know where the money's going and we as citizens will know where it's going and maybe there'll be some line items in that that can be uh, bargained down. Okay, all for now, thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Sergeant? 
Sure. Okay. The next one up on the uh, for the hand being raised, Emily O'Brien. Emily, I've unmuted you. Welcome back, Emily. Hi. Thank you. Um, I'm also one of the biker people, um, and I wanted to uh, first emphasize what Bruce said. Um, I think he's definitely absolutely right, um, and specifically regarding movements of bicyclists through that intersection. You have the mass, the um, bike lanes that are under the bridge that were done by MassDOT. And there were kind of some problems with them when they were done. They weren't, we didn't have, in the bike commission, we didn't see that before it went in. Um, there were some minor changes that we would make, but this is a common issue with bike lanes like that, where you go from having nothing to suddenly having this bike lane and then it disappears. And what, if you're heading out of the square and you want to stay on Main Street going straight, you have this issue where the bike lane disappears and then there's nothing. And you have this kind of expansive asphalt by a gas station and there's people going in and out of driveways. And you have this sort of narrowing road and it's a bottleneck situation. And there's all this traffic coming up behind you way too fast. And you have to figure out how do I merge into this lane where nobody has any expectation that there's anybody merging. Um, and so that's, that's one problem. Um, so I would just emphasize that any, any bike markings need to emphasize, need to indicate this is where bikes are going to go from and where they're going to go to. This is actually a stream of traffic. And if it needs to merge with another stream of traffic, that has to be indicated. So everybody knows what they're looking at. So everybody's on the same page. Um, it's, it's hard to merge with 30 mile an hour traffic that doesn't think you're coming. Um, and then also speaks to what Susan was saying earlier about the speed. Um, it's a lot easier to merge with 20 mile an hour traffic when you're on a bike going 10 or 12 or 15 than it is to merge with 30 mile an hour traffic that may not have even seen you because of where you were positioned on the road before that. Um, so that's, that's my main concern is that we have the markings that indicate what bicyclists are going to be doing so that everybody knows what to expect. Um, I do, I do agree that this proposed solution will help the Frogger maneuver that everybody's talking about is also pretty hair raising. If you're coming, um, heading into the square on main street, those Frogger, those people trying to make the Frogger maneuver, are really terrifying to avoid on a bike because you have people breathing down your neck from behind at the same time as you're trying to avoid people who are trying to get across that intersection really fast. Um, so I agree that this is um, a very small improvement, but, but still um, an improvement. Um, but I think some of these treatments just emphasizing that bicyclists need to stay to the left of traffic that's about to turn right that's a really important thing to indicate. And it's something that people do not expect. And bicyclists are afraid to do that because drivers do not expect them to do it. Um, and so that's, that's a really, that's a really important thing um, that, that we need to make sure that bicyclists are indicated on the road in paint. And those are really, really cheap additions. It's just paint. It doesn't take, um, it's not a million dollar traffic light. It's, it's a lot cheaper to do that kind of thing, but just to add a few little changes that make those connections clear and obvious 
Um, and of course, the speed issue is another huge thing. Um, and I think my own experience is that the speed issue is the biggest problem, not at peak traffic times, but a little bit off of that, a little bit before and a little bit after. Um, and it has definitely become a bigger issue during COVID. Volumes are down, and so everybody just does everything faster. Um, so a lot of these areas, you know, you think that it should be better because there's less traffic, but it's actually gotten worse. Um, yep. And and I think, you know, if I think it's hair-raising, I completely understand why nobody wants to ride a bike there. Um, so I hope that we can make even the small, cheap improvements that make it make it a little bit easier just for everybody to be on the same page and know what they're supposed to do and know what everybody else is supposed to do. Emily, so, thank, thank you very much for the comments. Uh, very uh, to point, and uh, I reiterate, uh, not only will we be out there doing the enforcement and slowing people down and educating and advising people, uh, we're going to work on the proper signage, uh, but I I'm committed to an educational uh, campaign, what, you know, social media, website, that sort of stuff on, on bicyclist obligations, uh, motorist obligations, bicycle safety all around. And I think that will go a long way. I'm going to defer, when we, when I'm going to promise that when we talk with the engineers, we look at bike markings and bike lanes and what we can do uh, without commitment because I'm not the engineer, but I, I definitely have heard that is a big issue tonight and that will not go on. So uh, I can you. add one, um, one comment about that. When the intersection at Boston and college was redone a few years ago, yep. we had, um, we requested and we got bike markings that have essentially a bike symbol and a turn left, right, straight turn single turn lane yep. arrows. So if you're going to take the the left or straight lane on college, sorry, to stay on Boston going straight through, um, there's a if you're heading away from West Medford there's two lanes as you approach College Avenue and one of them has a right turn arrow and then it has a bike symbol with another little right turn arrow and the other lane has a left or straight arrow and then it has a little bike symbol with another left or straight arrow and that makes it really, really clear yep. that bicyclists who are going left or straight go in this lane and I have never ever had a problem getting into that lane, almost never. I've never had anybody yell at me at least for trying to get into that lane. Um, Sharrows by themselves are not really enough. You need, you need a little bit more, people don't know what they mean. Um, bicyclists don't wanna ride where that arrow is because they're getting bottlenecked and pushed over all the time. So that's a, I think that's a, um, it needs a little bit more clarity than just that, but clear indications of where those movements need to be. And we have the precedent of those markings at Boston and college. Excellent comments. And, and, and you have that commitment. I know the Boston college area, uh, they have a lot of real estate and they can put a lot of that up there. And, and I know there, there's the engineers will say we have a requirement for space, but uh, you got the commitment that we're going to look into bike safety issues. And I, I love the suggestions and, and you know, it, it's hurt. And, and I think it, we'll go forward with that and it's something we're going to monitor. And if we can implement them, we'll implement them. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Sergeant, let's move on. See if we get Margie Vaughn next. Hi, Margie. How are you? Good. Is it Margie or Margie? Margie. Margie. Okay. I have a, a question on, um, 
I had gotten signatures for permit parking on Greenleaf Ave. Oh, yeah. Yep. We have all the college kids here and uh, out of state plates, and it's just getting ridiculous. As soon as we finish this petition, we're going to be moving on to that one. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. Nice, right? Promise. Thank you. Thank yep. you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, Chief, I just want to clarify some things I see in the chat. Um, yep. Important things. Um, so one is the cost. So the $1 million clarification, $1 million that I mentioned was a general order of magnitude cost for a brand new signal at a big intersection anywhere in the state from the state at a previous public meeting. Not specific because other people are mentioning, didn't they say 3 million for this area? So it's a valid question. Um, when we talk about this location, it's not really just this intersection because it's so close to the westbound ramps, Mystic at Main and Medford Square. So if it was done in such a way that's outlined in the CTPS recommendations from 2018, it would involve more than just one intersection. So in that regard, it was estimated that that corridor between Medford Square and Main at Mystic would be three to five million range. But you know, specific to this project. So I could share my screen and show you what that involves briefly, just so people, and then there's some other questions by the news reporter as well in regard to who could make what, or if the left, you know, if certain turns were removed, how could I make this maneuver? And I could clarify that as well. Um, first, I guess I'll clarify the maneuvers. This is just a Google aerial shot. So if you're in Medford Square and you used to take the left turn from Main Street southbound to this ramp, there's two options for you. You could, when you're in Medford Square, if you're on High Street, you go straight across to Clippership to get to 93. If you're on Salem Street, take this left turn to Clippership. If you're on Forest Street, take this left turn to Clippership. If you're on High, take straight across to Riverside, which will bring you to the Salem Street Rotary, which has access to I-93 in both directions. If you somehow miss that, you continue southbound, take a veer left towards Mystic Ave and continue on to Mystic Ave to the I-93 on-ramps that, in that direction or Route 16 in that direction. Um, so hopefully that helps clarify how you can make the maneuver southbound to I-93. Um, I'll now try to share the long-term improvements that we keep referencing. As you're doing that, Todd, I just wanted to um, thank um, Representative ba Christine Barber, who has been here for the majority of the meeting, but has had to uh, leave. But I just wanted to thank her for having been at the meeting for this long. So hopefully you could all see this. Thank you, Alicia. That was a very good point. She, she's been very good to Medford. Um, Representatives have been very good in, in, in spending her time at meetings like this. Um, this is the long-term improvements as suggested by CTPS from a 2018 study. So it, I know, I apologize for the crude cut and pasting, but it was individual um, pages for individual intersections, but seeing it all as one quarter makes a little more sense. So you got Medford Square here to the left. Uh, it's oriented with north to the left of the page, uh, facing off to the left. So Medford Square is at the north end. Um, then you would have Route 16 westbound ramps, eastbound ramps, and then Mystic Ave at Main Street 
to the right side of this page. So it shows it all working as one interconnected system with a traffic signal at all four locations. And this particular recommendation here is the traffic signal at all four locations. Because the distances between each are so close, the proximity of a red light and backups at one would impact the next. So they all really have to work together as one seamless system. So when we think of isolated looking at this one intersection southbound, uh, South Street at Main Street and eastbound ramps, it's really not just that one intersection. We are talking about that today in this interim solution or improvement, but for the long-term improvement, it really is this whole corridor between Medford Square and Main at Mystic because you can't just plop one in there and hope it works out and doesn't impact the other. Um, it really has to be a, a well thought out plan like uh, this was presented in CTPS study. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for that explanation because it does go a long way in explaining the, the difference between 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, et cetera. Um, we do we need to uh, keep moving forward. So Sergeant Hartley, can you get the next uh, comment? Chief, yep, we got Ernie, uh, I apologize the name, Ernie, uh, Munier, I apologize if I botched that, but uh, you're unmuted. Well, let me try it again. Um, one more time. I might have to go to the there next. Is, I think you got it. Am I oh, back? Are you, there you go. Are you just now hearing me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, right, thanks, thanks for acknowledging me. I don't want to be too tangential. I'd like to stay on the topic. Um, but I, just to let you know, on the Bike Commission, we've been struggling with how to improve east-west movement through Medford. One of the ideas had been to introduce a, a controversial but useful contraflow lane on South Street, but knowing that that would be impossible given the morass that you're all we're all dealing with now. A proposal was made at our last meeting to allow a curb cut access to the multi-use path uh, coming south from Main Street before Route 16 and Mystic Valley Parkway and South Street to get onto the multi-use path, went through the trees and picnic tables, and then as it hits South Street, farther west of Main Street, start a contraflow westward path for bicyclists. This would allow east-west and west-east movement of bicyclists across that part of Medford and help uh, drain some traffic from Main Street South. Hearing that the traffic on South Street eastbound would be reduced greatly by uh, the changes made uh, is really helpful. Uh, the western part of South Street certainly wide enough to allow this, con this kind of contraflow. And um, I bring it up because uh, 
this kind of project may be timely as low cost, low hanging fruit because South Street in that area is all chewed up anyway for infrastructure. So the hope was to uh, get people thinking about uh, finishing the surfacing of that road once the infrastructure is set up so as to include a uh, contraflow part in the western half of South Street. So that's our idea in MBAC, and we'll be talking more about it later. Ernie, thank you for the comments. And uh, like I said, let, let's let's work together with the Bike Commission on all of these uh, suggestions because if they can relieve traffic in the South Street area, uh, I am all for it. Uh, Sergeant. Okay, uh, I have Alex up on the mic. Alex. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. First off, I'd like to thank you guys. Um, anything we do is great, so this is great. And I wanted to thank Jeff and Bruce for both stressing the pedestrians and cycles. Um, my main point being that as a pedestrian, you know, I, I also drive cars, so don't get me wrong, but as a majority on foot pedestrian, getting to Medford Square, you have two choices. You can either go down the path and over 16 and over the green bridge, or you can go through this intersection that is being proposed. I take my two young children to Medford Square on a daily basis for daycare, as do many other parents that I see. And you have those two options. The going the Route 16 way, that life, light is terrible. Someone brought it up earlier. I'm lucky if only two to three people blow through the red light every time you press it. Um, it that's a known problem. That's another discussion for another day. But why I'm bringing that up is because that forces a lot of people who choose not to go that route and fight people on Route 16 to go through this intersection that we're proposing. So stressing the pedestrian access is huge because a lot of people like me don't trust Route 16 half the time. If it's busy out, I don't trust going over there. I'd rather take my chances playing at South Street, but I shouldn't have to take my chances. So that's my point is I'd like to stress pedestrians. Um, and then one other thing just that I wanted to bring up before I move along is traffic, uh, excuse me, traffic calming on South Street. Um, it was brought up previously, and it's just a thought. We're talking bike lanes, this, that, and the other. Whatever it is, I know people don't like speed bumps, steep speed tables, whatever it be. I'm, I'm all for any suggestions, but just, just to think about it, since it was all torn up, just now that the construction's gone, I personally like the construction because it basically took everyone out of there. They were speeding around like maniacs. But now that it's open, they're flying down there again. So um, that's my two main points, pedestrians and traffic calming. Thank you. Alex, thank you. And like I said, we I think you've heard it enough tonight. We are committed to pedestrian safety, bicycle safety. Uh, and there is a uh, study underway and a project in traffic calming measures on South Street. Uh, I know it's all tied together, but tonight we have to deal with the intersection and we can have uh, further meetings on that and, and uh, maybe some neighborhood group meetings. Uh, but uh, we are uh, thinking about that and working on that uh, project. So uh, thank you uh, for those comments uh, and support. Uh, Sergeant Hartnett. Uh, Jeff, uh, you have another comment? There we go. Thank you, uh, Sergeant, uh, for double dipping. I'll be really quick. I just want to put in a plug for Bruce Kulik's idea for the single lane southbound under the bridge. Um, I know it might back up tra and, and the dedicated right turn lane to get onto uh, Route 16 westbound. Uh, it'll it may back up traffic into the square, 
but it was said several times that safety is the primary issue here. And I think in this case, safety trumps traffic operations and congestion. And if we can get some safety for not just pedestrians, but bicycles and cars, and it causes a little bit more congestion, it's worth looking at. When the signal goes in someday, it's gonna have the effect of having the capacity of that intersection because people are only gonna be able to go through half the time. So we might as well get used to it. And um, I, I just would wholeheartedly suggest that we give that some serious consideration. That's all, thank you. Jeff, thanks for the, uh, the comments and for the brevity to it. Uh, as we get along late in the night. Uh, absolutely something that the engineers have looked at uh, and we will bring it back to them to continue to look at. Uh, but it, I always say that I leave it to, uh, they're much smarter when it comes to that and we'll see where we go with that. But it, it, it's a valid point to, for us to uh, look at also uh, as we go. Um, Sergeant Hartnett, any other public comments out there? Uh, I don't think so. I, uh... I, we don't have any other comments, uh, so uh, there would be a motion. Any comments from the commissioners? Uh, can I make a motion, uh, Chief, uh, to uh, approve this? Uh, subject to, uh, you know, modifications as we go along. Okay, so um, from Commissioner Karens, 2021-03 uh, Main and South 3 Intersection uh, to approve the temporary improvements. Uh, with the, the conditions that it is uh, a uh, monitored and is a trial period. Do I have a second from the commission? Second. Uh, second from Anne-Marie. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Anne-Marie, vote. Yes, aye. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. Felix wasn't unmuted, but I see him speaking. Who's uh, who's speaking? Sorry, uh, Alicia. Felix, he's one of our commissioners. Yep, no, I don't have Felix. I didn't hear what he you said. He doesn't have the ability to unmute himself. I was just sorry. Can we unmute him, Sergeant Hyde? Yeah, I got him unmuted. Uh, I believe. I'm trying. Here we go. Felix, you're on, you're on? Yes, yes. Oh, thank you. So you're, yes, thank you. So uh, all those opposed, the ayes have it. 2021-03, Main Cell 3 District, temporary improvements on a trial day pace, it passes. Uh, I thank you uh, for all your uh, participation, comments, and involvement, and we take it seriously and we'll move forward. But we have to move forward on this agenda also. So 2021-04, Fern and Fulton uh, Spring Road intersection uh, on the crosswalks. Uh, Todd, uh, you briefly want to run this through and, and what the what the petition is before the uh, council, uh, before the traffic commission is tonight? Yep. Sorry, Chief. I'm trying to switch gears here. So do you want me to share the screen and show the graphic? Um, yep, please. So in, re in response to a public meeting that the city council committee a whole held at this intersection on a Saturday morning one day regarding possible safety improvements, um, it was 
it was decided that we could add painted bump outs at Fern and Fulton Spring Road. Um, so the bottom right corner depicts the, um, the result of that with crosswalks, or actually this was an interim step with crosswalks and stop bars and, and painted bump outs. Granted at this location, they're not um, as wide as they could be because there's parking on both sides in all directions. So, so it's, um, but, it, but it does provide some level of improvement. Um, here are some before and after photos. Um, so you can look on this approach on the left, there's no markings at all, then crosswalk, now there's a crosswalk stop line and double. This short distance of a double yellow in each direction to help clarify um, operations as well. So this was something asked for by the community and the, and the crosswalks were added. I, I believe DPW is working on adding a ramp that's missing to make this fully accessible for all. Um, there's some dig safe um, markings out at this corner right here um, to accomplish that. So, um, there were other recent <clears throat> improvements at the next intersection up. I didn't know if that was part of this or not. Okay. Uh, any comments from the commissioners? Any questions? I'm unclear what we're being asked. It looks like there weren't painting markings. Now there are crosswalks. What's the request to the traffic commission? So at times to be responsive, um, at times for safety purposes, these things move ahead without the official approval. And I believe this is just um, going back to the official regulating body. Is my belief, especially with not only this intersection, the one next up as well at, at Fells and Vista. Those look great. That has always been a horrifically scary intersection to navigate through. That looks so much better now. Uh, so we're looking for a motion to approve these crosswalks. Is that, is that correct? The motion that we approve that. Oh, do we have to let the public speak before we. Yes, correct. Um, but it, it's now for commissioners. So any questions? Any uh, other commissioner have a question, concern, um, comment? No. Nope. Okay, Sergeant Hartnett, open it up to the public. Sure. We have uh, uh, Felipe Barroso. Yep. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for or taking a look at this today. Um, and I was actually trying to talk uh, about talk about the Summer Street one before. I didn't know you guys already made a decision, but I just wanted to ask a couple questions um, just in, in light of it. So um, when when the um, construction was being done on South Street, uh, it sounded like there were some metrics being done where uh, I think it was like 6,400 drivers had gone through there. Mr. Barroso, um, yes. Mr. Barroso are, you, are you speaking to Maine itself? Yes. Yeah, okay. I was trying to get my thoughts through before, but I couldn't get my hand up. Okay, so we're going to have to wait until the end of the meeting because we have to stick to the agenda item at hand, which is Fells at Vista and uh, Fells at Fern, Fern at Fulton Springs. So uh, if, if you want to wait till the end of the meeting, or you're more than welcome to email uh, tra uh, the traffic commission uh, after if you don't want to wait on. Okay, can someone put that information in the chat? Sure, so I know I'll, put it on, I'll put it right on there. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, 
So, uh, Joan Sear, if uh, do you have a you have a comment for uh, uh, the intersection we're speaking of right here? Yes, I do. I just wanted to say I was at the meeting, um, the committee of the whole meeting at the intersection, and I like the improvements that have been made both to that intersection and the next one that Todd referred to, the Vista and um, Fells Ave. Uh, the, uh, I'm not sure what happens. I mean, I can tell you that I think because everybody's confused about what happened, they're slowing down. So maybe when they start to learn what it is, they, they will speed up again. We'll see. But um, I just wanted to kind of put out there as another option, if we determine that this has not adequately slowed down the traffic, to consider a speed table on Fells Avenue, similar to the ones that were installed on Governor's Ave. They're not really horrific when you go over them, but they're just enough to slow people down. We have a lot of, there's a lot of up and down there, and you have some limited sight distances um, on that Fells Avenue. I know that the slowdown um, radar uh, sign was put down a little bit further down on Fells. That has helped a lot. I do see people slowing down for that. It's kind of a competition. Can I get that light to turn green, you know, so you slow down? So I think these are all good improvements. The only one I would keep in the back of the mind is a speed table if we need it later. But I just wanted to thank everybody for the work and the changes that they've made to this to this road because it is pretty horrific driving through there when you don't really know where you're going, especially around that little, uh, I guess it's a little island at Vista in Fells where nobody knew what to do with that, you know, five by <laughs> three patch of, we don't know what it is in the middle. They've got some one-way signs, some do not enter, some stop. So that's really been helpful. Thanks, Todd, and everybody else. Thank you, and thank you for the comments. Uh, Todd, you want to add um, the, the comments on the Fells uh, and Vista as well as Farnham Fulton? You there, Todd? Yeah, so sorry about that. Um, yeah, I think on the agenda, this was listed as one intersection, but it was really in, in a follow-up to that community meeting held by the city council, and it was kind of a package deal, these two intersections. So this other intersection on the screen here was a, was a um, concept to clarify and help define what should be happening around that island. And um, this has been implemented already, again, for safety purposes, because we felt you know, there was the opportunity, a, a window of time to paint this before snow came again. Um, so, you know, it clarifies that it's two-way on Fells Ave to Vista up over the hill in the majority direction, but Vista going towards Lookout and those dead-end streets, it's one way around the island. Um, and hopefully this helps clarify some of that and hopefully helps add some um, definition and brings a little bit of order to that location. Um, so that I, I guess I would be asking the commission to formalize the stop sign on Vista Road, the, the south leg here, and also the one way around the island on Vista Ave. The one way is only around, as you see on this graphic, it doesn't extend down beyond the next side street where once the two yellow lines meet, it becomes a two-way street again. It's just to clarify that people from Lookout shouldn't be exiting on that uh, Western approach and people from coming over the hill from Murray Hill Road down Fells shouldn't be turning left onto this first opening. They should turn left at the next opening. Uh, thank you for clarifying that in, in the packages. Uh, Sergeant Hyden, any other comments from the public? 
Uh, Chief, I don't see any. Okay, any questions, comments from the commissioners? No. Okay. Uh, I can entertain a motion from a commissioner as it relates to uh, the agenda item, which includes the crosswalks on Fern and Fulton, as well as the stop sign on Vista and the one-way uh, changes on Vista F. Move approval. Okay. On the motion of Mr. Felix Blackburn on the approval of 2021-04 Fern and Fulton, which also includes Fells and Vista intersection. Uh, seconded? I do. I'll second. Yep. By Mr. Karens. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed, the ayes have it, 2021-04, so passes. 2021-05, on the petition of the residents for Greenleaf Avenue for permit parking. Is the petitioner present? I believe Margie was here earlier, right? Does she want to speak? Uh, and while she's getting ready, Albert, uh, is the petition in order? Yes, Chief, paperwork is in order, petition is... Thank you. Margie, you're unmuted. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. Chicken <laughs> uh, I got the signatures needed to get permit parking. Um, the whole street agrees with it, those that are not college students. Um, I've lived here for many years and the parking is just getting worse every year. I have counted from my house, I'm at 28, down to the corner, 13 out-of-state cars. And especially in winter, this has caused a real issue. Yeah. Wonderful. I appreciate you coming tonight. I appreciate your comments. Is there anyone else, Sergeant Hartnett, from the public that has uh, a comment or a question to make on the petition for permit parking on Greenleaf Ave? No, Chief. I don't see anyone else. Okay, do any, does anyone on the commission uh, have a comment, question, concern, or motion as it relates to the petition uh, for private parking on Greenleaf Avenue? I, I actually had two questions, and one is that the petitioner said that they, they didn't, they only asked the residents, the students that live there, um, and so I assume the students are landlords. Many of, I realize that the landlords can't sort of guarantee street parking in their leases, but have we made any attempt to reach the property owners on this street? Because um, we're going to put a lot of landlords in a bad situation with no warning. No. Um, a lo I, okay. a lot of the property owners are out of town. Um, they just rent the property to the students. I asked a student, one student, why they don't park on Tufts property. And she said, because they're very frugal. They don't want to spend the money to park at Tufts. Okay. Do we, I also, keeping their hand, a member of the public. Uh-uh. your hand. He, he's physically waving it, um, or she, sorry, the name is Eunice on the screen. Eunice. Uh, I can uh, unmute him. Yeah, looking. Oh, I got it.
you, uh, Eunice, you're unmuted, I believe. Not yet. She, she asked to, there. Okay. there you go. Welcome, you Eunice. Hi, thank you very much. Um, I'm at, uh, I'm on Greenleaf as well, uh, just down the street from Margie. And um, while I don't necessarily disagree with what she's doing, um, I probably agree with it. She said she, I, I own my home. I live in the house I grew up in and um, own it now. And uh, this is the first I'm hearing about uh, permit parking on the street. Um, she said that she got signatures from all of the residents. Well, this is news to me. Uh, nobody approached me about this. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with her. Um, it, it's just, it's horrendous on the street. I park in my driveway, but um, you know, somebody parks in front of my house. Um, I'm uh, the uh, second house in from the corner. And so somebody parks in front of my house. Uh, somebody parks, uh, two people park as a matter of fact, in front of uh, the corner house. Um, and then across the street from me, uh, there's probably four or five cars parked. So it makes getting in and out of the driveway very, very difficult. And, um, you know, a couple of the cars are parked um, right on top of the intersection, which I understand is not legal. And I'm also told by a pretty reliable source that Greenleaf is uh, considered by Medford Fire Department as probably the worst street um, on Med in Medford for them to contend with, um, which I also don't necessarily disagree with. My question though is how many of these cars, and you know, Margie might know, um, how many of these cars are actually quote unquote illegally parked as in you know if we went to resident parking um how many of these are not um uh registered to the address where they're living um you know i as i said i've got my one car it's in the driveway um the house on the corner um they have four cars, two are parked in the driveway, one parks on Benham, the other parks in front of her home. Um, but my guess is, I mean, they own their home. It's probably registered to the house. Um, they own the, the first floor condo. Um, and then next door to me, I don't know, there's maybe four cars and across the street, I'm told in the three family, there were four cars there. So, what happens if all of those cars are actually legit? You know, we're no better off than where, when we started. You know, if they are indeed all registered to the homes that they are, and they're all, you know, renters. Um, if they are all indeed registered to the homes that they're in, we're no better off than when we started. So then what happens? Doesn't solve the problem. Uh, exactly, all valid points, and I do think at some point in time that we, we have enforcement that goes on for the parking uh, regulations. Uh, if you notice, I stepped up out of my seat a little while ago to look at the petition. It's actually in another room, and uh, it was signed by, don't hold me, I looked at it really quickly to get back here, but 40 uh, or more signatures on it. Um, so it looks like the neighborhood did have some sort of response, at least in a valid petition for us. Uh, and, and I know you, you said you probably supported back and forth. Yeah, I'm uh, at 48 Greenleaf. And um, like I said, when I saw the agenda today, this is the first I'm hearing about it. So, you know, I wasn't approached. Okay. And, and uh, I'll, I just add, there, uh, 
it's not just a residential, uh, well, uh, we do have you know, significant traffic problems and anticipated problems in that area. So I think, I don't know if Margie had her hand up again. I don't think so. I think it just went down. Um, but uh, I will. Uh, Chief, could you actually, be, I'm new to the commission since the last time we had a petition for resident permit parking. And I know that Anne Marie is brand new. This is her first meeting on the commission. It might help a little just to understand what, what is the process, what makes it a valid petition. I, I just because literally I've never had one come in front of us since I've been on the commission. Okay. Um, Sergeant Hodder, can, can we have Alva explain the process she goes through when she receives a valid uh, a petition for resident parking? Because I think it's easier because most of the residents deal with her directly um, uh, for that. Are, are you able to? I know she's in the room with you. Uh Elvis here, she can uh, explain it right, right now. When someone calls uh, at requesting permit parking for their street, they make up their own petition because sometimes they want different restrictions as to seven days a week, Saturdays, Sundays, holidays excluded, maybe just weekends, maybe just overnight. They circulate among the residents on the street, get their signatures, when more than 50% of the residents sign it, it's returned to me and that starts the process. It's given an agenda item. It goes on the next traffic commission meeting. People, all the residents are notified by mail of the date and time of the meeting. And that's when we consider it for the first time. Sometimes it's tabled for future, for further inquiries from residents, but most of the time, if not on the first time before the meeting, on the second time at the meeting, it's considered, whether it's voted on or voted down. Thank you. That's really helpful to understand sort of what, what's considered. Um, and I am aware that there is a committee um, working on resident parking citywide right now, and they're looking at all different options around permits, et cetera. Um, and I guess I just wanted to clarify that anything that we approve, we would approve now might then be like, if they said we're going to go to regional parking or, you know, other different forms and not, because I personally dislike the idea that we have street by street permit parking. It seems awfully harsh to people who live on cross streets and stuff. Um, and it's not anything I've ever seen elsewhere, anywhere else. Um, but that's for the committee to be looking at, not this commission tonight. But I just wanted to, anything we would approve would then be subject to this committee. Um, so I, I think that's correct. There is a commission, the Mayor's Commission on uh, Enforcement and Parking Issues. Uh, I believe their recommendations are due sometime in March, uh, the end of March. Uh, and there's a recommendation. So once we get the study, there's going to be considerable work put into that. So I don't suggest that there will be any uh, quick response to that uh, as soon as we receive it in March. Uh, I do know that anything that comes from that uh, commission is, that needs to be acted on will be done through this traffic commission. And if we move to a um, zoned parking area or a uh, regionalized or sectionalized parking, that would be brought up for discussion at the traffic commission and it would supersede anything that we so-called do today. Uh, so I, I don't know what the outcome of that would be. I don't know what the commission's uh, uh, proposals would be, uh, but 
uh, with a petition before us tonight, I believe we have to act to provide, uh, at least by, by way of vote, to provide the residents a response uh, uh, to their um, request. So um, yeah, I see one hand up. Is that um, Aji again, uh, Sergeant Harden? Yeah, me too. Hi, talk about Eunice. I'm sorry to um, take your mask off. To come in again. Um, Eunice, I just wanted to say I did come to your house. There was no answer. I'm no sorry. Operation. She had an operation. And also, I want to mention that Charnwood, which is the next street over, people who live on Charnwood told me the reason they got permit parking was because they had no parking over there because of the students. So, obviously, the students have moved over. In fact, this man on Charnwood told me he wouldn't even drive down Greenleaf. It's so bad. I personally do not have a driveway, so I'm well aware of the parking situation here. Thank you very much. And um, also, too, uh, I live on Greenleaf as well. I live next door to March. Um, I've been here over 26 years. And... It seems as though um, a lot of the parking is used for two weeks at a time. If a car parks here on the street, we don't see it move for two weeks. Um, we have tenants downstairs that use the street. I have um, two sons that have cars that use the street. One time they had to park all the way on the other, uh, other side um, on Benham to um, get a parking spot and that street is permit parking. So um, I, I just don't understand how um, we can go forward with not giving this um, a thought because of um, the um, parking is just getting um, blocking driveways and even Eunice had mentioned it's doing that as well. Um, it's happening to her as well, getting in and out of her driveway. Also, too, um, they park here and then they go up to um, Tufts and leave their car there for two weeks at a time. Yeah. I don't know if, if that helps or makes any sense um, to to you, but I just thought I'd give um, my thoughts on it. It's one thing that I'd like to clarify, because a lot of the time when we've seen permit parking, it's the roads around a business. And the issue is that people can't park at their homes because the people who are in the business district are parking on the residential streets and that causes problems. And that, that actually is really it's an easier to understand as opposed to if these are tenants who live on the street and we're just asking for priority for people who own their own homes over the tenants. No, no, no. Do we actually think that there are students who live in the dorms who are coming down here, leaving? Ab absolutely. 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 And a lot of the streets around um, Greenleaf um, are permit parking. So that's why Greenleaf is getting bombarded with all these cars because these um, people uh, think that they can park here and go on and, and for a few days or a week or two weeks because it's not permit parking. So that's why our street is getting bombarded with all these cars. Um, we wouldn't want a tenant on our street to not be able to park here. Absolutely not. 
Um, I have a tenant downstairs that sometimes has to park all the way up the street because there's nothing near our home to for her to park. So um, just, just a concern uh, of ours. And also too, um, this past year, um, or um, last year actually, um, our son had to be taken out um, by ambulance and they couldn't even get up our street because of the cars not have being considered being considerate to park close to the um, sure. to the curb or anything because it's such a narrow street. So it was hard for them to even come down the street. They had to turn around and come up the other way, come up the one way because it is a one way. So there's there's a lot of concern here, um, and there's it, it, it's it, it's, it's only people that worse. don't live here that are not being considerate to the people that do live here. Isn't so. this just a, tem a temporary relief? Isn't this right now, if we say that you can have the permit park and it's mm -hmm. really temporary because these, this other organization is gonna come in with another plan that may negate the, the one that we have, uh, that we're proposing. So deal, I don't, deal with it at the time. I don't, I don't understand. I, I, I mean, if, so if we, if we okay the permit parking, Correct. It's actually a temporary affair because these, this other organization or committee will come in with a set of recommendations which may change all of this. And so right. as far as I'm concerned, I understand what you're saying. And I, you know, I'm in agreement with doing this because it's, it's a temporary relief as I see it. Because Absolutely. And we're in the wintertime, Marge just mentioned, you know, we're one side, um, one side parking, um, you know, with that as well. So, you know, that that gets a little bit um, out of hand as well. But I understand what you're saying, Mr. Blackburn, that um, if, if it is, um, if it is approved, and it is a temporary um, and uh, another proposal is at hand, then let, you know, we'll, we'll have to deal with that at, the, at that time. That's exactly, I, what, I, that's exactly what I yeah. want. Yes. So Absolutely. We just want it better. We, we just want a, a, a change so that our, our neighborhood, you know, can come home and be able to park it at our street, sure. you know, in our street. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Maji and company, for, for uh, the comments and your valid points. Thank you very much. Do we have uh, any other public comments? Chief, I don't see any. Uh, any... Chief, can I make Eunice a motion? Hold on, up. we have Eunice waving her hand again. Can we get her unmuted, Sergeant? Can you? Okay, thank you. Um, I can't figure out how to raise my hand the technological way. We got um, you. <laughs> so, um, anyhow, um, you know, as far as, um, you know, thank you, Margie, for trying to come to my house. Um, I was in the hospital in October, so I think that's probably when this all started. Now I remember somebody who was stopping by to pick up my mail and stuff did tell me somebody came by and, uh, you know, it's been a tough few months I'm recovering from major surgery so sorry about that um I didn't realize that the Tufts kids were parking down here and living up in the dorms I had never considered that 
Um, you know, just in my own little corner of Greenleaf, I'm pretty sure that it's all people that actually live in the surrounding houses um, to me um, that, you know, cause my problems in terms of getting in and out of the driveway and stuff. And I've had an instance myself several years ago when it wasn't anywhere near as bad as it is now of having to go out in an ambulance. And so I, I get how terrible that is. Um, and that was in the middle of that winter of 2015 where it snowed and snowed and snowed and uh the ambulance you know and the fire trucks had problems i guess my only question at this point would be um alva mentioned that the petitioner um you know you i guess wrote right up in whatever restrictions that they want so what restrictions are on the petition that's coming from us on greenleaf um, and as I said, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're doing. I think it's it's long overdue. It's Greenleaf has been a mess for a while. So you know, so what restrictions are there then on this yep. particular? Yep. Eunice, thank you. I appreciate it. Alvar, is there uh, restrictions that were listed on this petition, or is it? Uh... No, no, Chief. I have the petition here, and there are no restrictions requested. It's 24-hour permit parking only, so I am assuming it's 24-7. Seven, seven. Okay. okay. Thank you. Okay, uh, so I see no other public comments. Any comments, questions, or motions from the commission? Can I make the uh, motion, Chief? Okay, uh, right, a motion on approval. Yes, motion okay, to approve. On uh, the petition 2021-05, uh, on the motion to approve permit parking for Greenleaf Avenue. Do I have a second? I'll second it. Uh, a second by Felix. All those in favor, aye. Aye. All those opposed? <laughs> the ayes have it. 2021-05 uh, permit parking for Greenleaf Avenue is approved. Thank you for your patience and time tonight. I, I, I know it was a longer uh, um, period of waiting than normal. 2021-06 uh, stop sign on Thomas Street at Walnut Street. Um, is the petitioner present uh, on that? Give it a few seconds. And while we wait for the petitioner to raise the hand, if they are present. Steve, uh, we don't, I don't see uh, Patricia Indelicato here. Okay. Uh, Todd and uh, Sergeant Hartnett, have we looked at this independently um, from the petitioner? I don't know if I lost sight or if, if we have not looked at it. All right. Sorry. Um, Chief, can you repeat that question, please? Sorry. I just wondered if we have if we have looked. The petitioner for the stop sign at Thomas Street and Walnut Street is not present. I just wondered if you had yourself uh, or Sergeant Hartnett had gone out and looked at this uh, specifically and have a recommendation. So it appears that there's already a stop on Thomas. So are they asking for a stop on Thomas or one on Walnut as well as Thomas? Uh, the petition is for one on Thomas at Walnut Street. Okay, so... At least it, at one time there was one there, so it may be just a matter of a missing sign and DPW could replace it. Um, okay, yeah, that might be this then. Um, I think at this point in time, and to, to move these things along, uh, I'd accept a motion from the petition to table this uh, with the understanding that the uh, uh, 
Uh, traffic engineer, the Medford police and the DPW will look into whether or not this is just an issue of replacing a stop sign, in which case it would not need to go before the traffic commission. Um, and if not, we'll reach out to petitioner and, and get a valid look at this for next month's meeting. Uh, is there a commissioner who supports that motion? I still move. Okay, so on the petition of Mr. Uh, Felix Blackburn to table 2021-06 stop sign at Thomas Street and Walnut, do I have a second? I second. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The ayes have it. Uh, we will look into that issue and, and hopefully it's just an issue of, of replacing it and we don't need to go further on this. Uh, 2021-07, handicap parking sign on 60 Ingle Hut Road. Uh, Alva, is all of the paperwork uh, uh, passed in and uh, appropriate? Yes, Chief. All the paperwork is in order. Okay. Is the petitioner for 60 Englehut Road handicapped parking uh, present? And while we search that out and see if they are willing to talk, does the commission have any questions or concerns about a handicapped parking sign on 60 Englehut Road with all documentation present and accounted for? I don't, don't see the petitioner on here. Thank you, Sergeant. Out of curiosity, do we ever have any mechanism that puts dates like 10 years or anything on these? Because one would assume that somebody doesn't need it, you know, for the next 100 years. Uh, there is no date or time frame on this, but we do uh, try to pay attention to this and, and keep track of it. It's not an exact science. Uh, it's something that we are looking to uh, work for. As, as you know, we're trying to come up with new traffic commission rules and, and regulations, but uh, and that is a valid issue. Uh, I don't know if uh, Mr. Karens has, an issue, uh, has a, a comment on that, uh, on how the DPW um, tracks on their signs, et cetera. But I know from the police side of things, we try to keep track of them all. It's not an exact science. It's got to be done better, but a valid point for moving forward with our new rules and regulations when we get them accomplished. Not to, add, to, to add to that, uh, Alicia, I, you know, I work very closely with uh, Alva, uh, who has, uh, you know, she's the keeper of the records, particularly with uh, the special needs signs. And a lot of times people will, you know, make a request to have the sign removed and they give the reason why uh, at that point in time, I have a, uh, you know, uh, the highway department go out, you know, physically remove the sign and, uh, and we move on. Um, so a lot of times we actually rely on the original requester. Uh, there has been times where homes have been sold and the new homeowner would call because the old homeowner you know, forgot or just didn't care. Um, and it's, it's a pretty good system. It's just between Alvar and I, and then I switch it over to the sign shop for, uh, you know, removal and it works out fine. Okay. It just, just seems like something that, you know, I, every will, if, if somebody lives there has a need for it, it makes complete sense, but eventually they leave, they sell their house. They no longer have the need. Yeah. I think we've been successful in this city also in just relying on the good faith of, of the petitioners and letting us know and the family letting us know when the sign is no longer needed. So we've been very successful, but I do agree that uh, moving forward, when we look at these issues and the new traffic commission rules and regulations, that that should be addressed. It's a, it's a valid point and, and uh, make sure you jot a note down so that I don't want that I'll remember it in a couple of months from now. But um, 
Okay, so I see no hands. Do I have a motion on the commission? I know that the uh, petitioner is not here, but uh, since it is dealing with the handicap side, do we have a commissioner's role to uh, motion uh, on this one way or the other? Yes. Alicia, yeah? I think that was Anne-Marie saying she motioned. Yep. Oh, Anne-Marie, sorry. I, I just saw your face and I heard someone say <laughs> yeah. I didn't see your lips moving. Okay, uh, on the motion, uh, Anne-Marie Pesatoro, 2021 sign to approve the handicap parking sign on 660 Ingle Hut Road. Do I have a second? I second it. Seconded by Mr. Blackburn. Uh, all those in favor, aye. Aye. I only got one aye. All those opposed? Aye. aye. I'll try this again. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? <laughs> the ayes have it. 2021-07 uh, Handicap Pockets at the 60 Angle Hut Road has been approved. It is getting along. So that concludes all new business. There has been a request by email to handle a few um, table petitions. And, uh, it is always good to kind of clean up our events at table. Uh, I know it's getting late, but let's see if we can try to move through these quickly. And so if you have your agenda and uh, we can move to the table items and it's on the uh, second and third pages, 2020-24. So this petition came up in early 2020 on petition the residents of Hancock Avenue for permit parking. Um, Alba, is the petition in order? Um, and uh, do we know if the petitioner is present? There aren't many left here, so. Yes, the, the, peti the petition is in order. And I did see um, Mr. Latorella. He was the originator of the petition. He is in on at the meeting. Okay. Uh, Sergeant, you want to... Uh, Unmute him and see if Mr. Latorella has a comment. Yep. Hit the button, I don't know. Should be, uh, let me try it again. I don't know why it's not allowing me to unmute him. Mm. I did see his picture. Yeah, I, I know he was on. Um, uh, you continue know. to work on that. Does anyone on the commission have a comment, question, concern as it relates to the uh, permit parking request for Hancock Avenue. Uh, Alva has indicated that the petition is in order. Mr. Oh, Lutz, how are you there? Hi, hi, how are you? I Good. apologize. Sorry about, sorry about no, my, my computer's giving me a hard time. I actually have to hold the plug in here to keep the electricity going. <laughs> well, <laughs> so you get electrocuted. Do you have any comments or anything you want to add to this? Um, actually, the, the, the biggest problem I have here is, is like the people that used to live here, all right, they like to come back here and use the places their their own private parking, all right, and like like people that rented here at one time, okay, what they do is they they work in Boston or whatever, they'll park here, they'll leave the car off, they'll go take off, do whatever they have to do, okay. Then we got all these other streets around here that have permit parking. Everybody knows they can't park there, so they found the spot here, 
and it's been getting worse every year. So, yeah, uh, look, look, I'm sorry that that that's it for now. <laughs> okay, I appreciate you. I don't know if I'll lose you. No, thank you. I appreciate no, your patience you. uh, and your comments. Uh, I see no other public uh, comments. Does anyone on the commission have uh, a comment, uh, question, or motion? I'll make the motion, Jack. I'll second it. Okay, so on the motion of Mr. Karens for 2020-24 to uh, approve permit parking on Hancock Avenue as seconded uh, by Mr. Blackbird. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Ayes have it. 2020-24 Private Park in Hancock Avenue has been approved. 2020-25 uh, on petition permit park in Oak Ridge Road between Coolidge Road and Sagamore Ave. Alva, do we have um, petitioner present? I don't believe the petitioner is present. Has a petitioner reached out to you by email asking this be uh, removed from table and, and dealt with? Yes. Okay. Uh, any questions, comments, concerns from the commissioners? I guess I would really like to know what the rationale is behind needing it. I mean, I assume too many people parking on the street, but. Yeah. Um, I sort of don't disagree with that statement. Um, I'm trying to just track down one other thing. Do we have like a, a written statement from them or anything? We, we would. Uh, we would have to take a look at the petition, and that's just really the list of, of uh, um, residents who are signing this. Uh, I'm going to request at this time, uh, in the interest of time, it is 7.46 at night, uh, that we we keep this item tabled. Um, uh, I, I think it's best procedurally that we take a motion to, to keep this and remain tabled. So if there's a uh, commissioner who would uh, put forth a motion to keep this on the table list of items until we can track down some of these open questions, yeah. we can deal with this next month. Um, I'm not quite sure we need a motion to do that, but I think procedurally we should do it. Um, so if I could get one. Uh, from the, uh, okay, on the motion of Mr. Blackburn to keep 2020-25 tabled, uh, seconded by... I'll second it, Jack. By Mr. Karens. All those in favor? Aye. Uh, and the all those opposed? Okay, okay, yes. 2020-25 has uh, remains tabled. Chief. Um, Chief. Yes. Chief, I have a question sure. on... Um, the approval of Hancock Avenue yep. uh, permit parking. I, I think we should clarify it. Should it be, I think he only wants it from Hancock Street to on Hancock Avenue to the end where a portion of Hancock Avenue comes off of Main Street. It's like a U. It comes down, it turns U and it goes to Hancock Street. Okay, what does the petition say, Alva? Was it uh, he, he actually the petition says he actually wanted it from Hancock Court to Hancock Street, but I recommended to him that it would be easier for enforcement if it went from Hancock Street to the end where it turns 
to go out to Main Street and just leave that portion from Main Street to Hancock Ave, not permit parking. That portion, they all have driveways. I've been up and down that street many times and they, those people seem to use their driveways at that section. But on Hancock Ave, there's not many driveways, but many cars. Okay, here's what I'm gonna suggest on this one. We have approved it as, as, as petitioned and I know there's a legitimate suggestion uh, for correcting that. So I think we have to move forward on this. And after this, we can talk to the petitioner and maybe file for a correction next month. Well, if he didn't make any objection when she made that suggestion, then why don't we just use the suggestion that she had, that uh, Alva made? You could, you could amend the vote. Yeah. I'll, I would amend the vote and put in the suggestion that you gave him since he didn't object to it. Okay, so on the motion of Felix uh, Blackburn on 2020-24, revisit the petition of permit parking on Hancock Off to include uh, the uh, recommendations that per, uh, resident permit parking be from, correct me if I'm wrong now, the Hancock Court to Hancock Street? No, from Hancock Street. Yep. Hancock to uh, down Hancock Avenue to the point where it intersects to the portion of Hancock Avenue that comes down from Main Street. And when I zoom in, there's actually the tiny little thumb seems to be called Hancock Ave Extension. So you could say yeah. Hancock Street to Hancock Ave Extension. That's, that's okay. fine. All right, so from Hancock Street to Hancock Ave Extension. Uh, do I have a second on uh, Mr. Blackburn's petition? Second. Okay, so seconded. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? The ayes have it. 2020-24 has been voted on and modified and approved. Um, so we've tabled 2020-25. There are just two other petitions, but before we go forward, do we have petitions from Maynard Street? Uh, that's 2020-28 and 2020-34, which is Metcalf Street. Are there petitions present online here? It is getting exceedingly late. And I want to just make sure that we deal with the ones who are, who are present here. Those are the two open ones. Do we know, Alva, if they're present? I, I don't see any name. I don't see any name that would be associated with, with any of these. Okay. No. And then I'll openly ask um, if anyone here is present that wants to speak to uh, the petition on Maiden Street and... Uh, or Medcalf Street before we actually take them. Otherwise, I think we should just leave them tabled uh, in the interest of reaching out to the petitioners, um, et cetera. So if you raise your hand, if you're here for that, we can then take the petition up. I'll give that a few minutes to see if uh, people will I raise their hand. Marie, she's waving a hand. I was. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. Um, seeing none. We've concluded new business. We've had no old business. We must have done a really good job last month. And we have a number of table items and one we have dealt with and several others will reach out and to do uh, uh, the petitioners and get an update for next month's meeting. Um, any comments, questions, concerns from the commissioners uh, as we conclude our agenda tonight? No, no, we'll set Jack. 
Okay. I thank everyone here publicly uh, for their participation. Um, and uh, it, it's not always easy to do these things on Zoom, but I think our society is getting used to it. Um, and sometimes it gets a little convoluted, but we worked our way through it. Can I entertain a motion to adjourn for the evening? So moved. <laughs> you can't do that. You have to file the motion first, Felix. So on the motion, I move, Mr. Blackburn. The motion be that the meeting be adjourned. To adjourn the January 19th, 2020 Traffic Commission meeting. Second. I'll second. I second. <laughs> as seconded by Mr. Karens and Ms. Pasatoro. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Thank you all. Uh, it was a productive meeting. I thank you for your patience. I thank you for your participation. Uh, until we meet again. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you.